0: Companies and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone associated with the show. It's been a wonderful romp this past year, and I look forward to seeing and hearing from all of you very soon. And a special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. We hope you enjoyed the first pre-show fight. If you'd like more information on our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us again on the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and you join us for another episode of Masks of Narlathotep. Currently in the England chapter, uh, my cast is here to my right.
1: It's uh, Lonnie playing Lawrence Edward Forsyth, who had a very, very nice night of rest
0: yeah you know i heard when you don't run around the streets of london smashing windows and potentially getting caught by the police uh, you can get a pretty restful night to sleep i wouldn't know a thing about that uh and to his right
2: morgan i play lillian lane and this morning we are going to get the scoop at the scoop
0: ah yes well done extra points for you at the end of the table
3: this is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and I will be sleeping in today because I'm out um, running around the streets of London like a hooligan.
0: Uh, yeah, and, you know, I, I got to tell you, the whole, you know, dumping alcohol on yourself is very, uh, it's very much a Jack move, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, and to, uh, to his right.
4: This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tottenbach. And I think the doctor today is, uh, I think he's hearing London calling.
0: So I think oh. you might might go investigate it. It's not a bad idea. Uh, to the doctor's right.
5: Tiffany, I am playing Maeve O'Shea, and I'm getting steps closer to my father.
0: Eerily so, indeed, indeed. And then uh, last but most certainly not least,
6: this is Alex. I'll be playing uh, Simon Ronger and I am definitely not responsible for unnecessary property damage or raising alarms.
0: Fair enough. We raise the curtain tonight at the Waldorf Astoria, uh, or the Waldorf in in London, and the investigating crew, some of them have gathered together in the dining area to take in their first breakfast in London and decide on what happens next. So we'll pick it up in the dining room with uh, Miss O'Shea, Miss Lane, Sigmund, and Mr. Forsythe. Good morning, everyone.
4: Morning, Doctor.
2: Good morning.
0: And how are
4: we all feeling today?
2: i like I need some coffee.
4: That's a capital um, idea. I will have them bring some up, along with breakfast. Cannot start the day on an empty stomach, you know.
0: The selection as far as um, food, breakfast, there's not just coffee, but obviously tea, and rashes of bacon, eggs are available, all sorts of uh, food for your choice. Uh, you see the, uh... one of the wait, wait staff comes over and begins distributing coffee. Uh, is there anything else I can get for you?
2: I'm okay. How about you guys?
0: I'm, I'm fine, Miss Lane.
5: We'll be alright. Thank you.
0: Very well.
4: Could you possibly bring me a copy of the morning scoop?
0: He resists screwing up his facial features with your request. He, um... We, uh, looks left and says, uh, sir, I can retrieve the times for you if that would be accepted. Hmm.
4: I have, unfortunately, a rather singular interest in the scoop. Not if for quality, of course.
0: Not permit himself to smile. He nods to you and says, I do believe that there are uh, issues outside that will provide you with copies of such a fish wrap. <laughs> <laughs> you say, sir? Don't go shame. You head outside absolutely so you head outside and you uh see you know regular people moving about their day there's a hustle and bustle of the streets of london has already kicked up but there are sea urchins as you might see them uh, trying to sell anything from you know a polish of your shoes to um you know something that they've that they've picked up there's a young man with a board over his front and back who has papers for any number of literary uh requests one
4: copy of the scoop my young man
0: hands you a relatively thin paper comparatively to some of the other ones and says you know just be a a few pee from you sir
4: uh hand him a couple of feet actually have i gotten my money changed yet
0: you probably haven't no
4: i have not I give him an American nickel.
0: <laughs> he looks at it for a second and kind of screws up his features. And and then you see him put it in his mouth and like bite down on it. He seems to just nod at you. Don't get shit. You head back in.
4: I go back inside and have a seat, some coffee and read my quote unquote paper.
0: Well, the scoop is just everything that you think it could have been and more. Uh, all sorts of uh, gobsmacking, eye grabbing headlines, right? Like a woman professes to have relationship with sea creature. They're just they're from all over. They're not just London per se, but you see that it seems like there's a couple of wire surfaces here as well. So you're getting crazy stories from Bombay. But yeah, it's the uh, it's a very sensationalist paper. Uh, you had them back in. You had sensationalist papers in Germany as well. What they were, much of them were more political bent. But you're not you're not unfamiliar with a sensationalist paper.
4: Oh, absolutely. This is a this is your traditional yellow yellow uh, screen sheet. One hundred percent. I take kind of a almost a perverse joy in in reading the trash as I uh, also just kind of getting a feel for what the scoop does before the ladies head out to you know
0: go and talk to give me a give me give, give me a spot hidden roll okay might reveal something to you uh 97 over 70 so not so much oh you do not pick up on it you notice what you've noticed at this point which is uh it's yeah it's a yellow you know, it's a pcl journalism and it looks like their every page is is filled with Story after story of just some things that are unbelievable. (laughs)
4: I'm used to tuck it away after I've you know perused it once or twice, just to you know give it a once over, and then um, finish breakfast, see what everyone else is talking about.
2: We are talking about going to the scoop this morning. Are you coming with, Doctor?
4: Well, I have not given it any thought. Actually, I might as well.
5: Should you call ahead,
4: though,
2: and see if he's in or can take an appointment? Well, we probably should.
4: It's not a terrible idea.
2: Uh, what time is it right now, Mike?
0: I would say it's just quarter past eight, so well into business hours.
2: Okay. Um, I go find an inter- a phone to call out externally.
0: Okay. I mean, you get up from the table, and probably within... Three to four steps, there's a wait staff person. And so when you get up, as soon as you get up from the table, they step forward to pull the chair out for you. And they ask if, if everything is all right with the meal.
2: The meal is wonderful. Um, I'm actually looking for a phone.
0: Of course, ma'am. The desk phone, he directs you towards um, the front desk where there are signs that show for services.
2: I go that way to the desk. I go to the desk phone. So somebody manning that like to.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a gentleman that there's a hostess at the front desk who's uh, in the area where you can see that there's a phone. Yes, madam. How can I help you?
2: I'd like to make a call within the city of London. Am I able to do that from here? Of course. Fabulous.
0: Of course. Where should we ring you?
2: Um, can you um, ring the scoop, please?
0: You get a very similar reaction that Sigmund got with the waitstaff. There's, um, uh, they pause for just the ever so briefest of moment. Then the hostess nods and picks up the candlestick and uh, an earpiece, and she taps it and then speaks to it for a moment.
4: Fights back a gag.
0: Yeah, that's probably one way to put it places the candlestick and the uh, receiver end towards you it should be on the line presently thank you hello
2: hi I'm looking to speak to mr. Mickey Mahoney
0: he says speaking and who are you for
2: I'm a uh, Lillian Lane I am a um, associate of uh, Jonah Kensington he um, kind of gave us your name and in reference to talk to you about uh, Mr. Jackson Elias.
6: Uh-huh.
2: I'm wondering if you'd be available to speak in person today, if we could come down to the scoop, um, myself and a couple of my associates to speak with you about Jackson.
0: Yeah. You know where we are? Bloodgate?
2: Yes. Uh, what time would be an appropriate... What time will you be available to meet?
0: Should be available after nine.
2: Great. And um, one of my associates, Maeve O'Shea, will be, at, and maybe somebody else might be coming as well.
0: Do you say Lane? Yes. Of course, Ms. Lane. I'd be happy to see you.
2: We will see you after 9 o'clock then.
0: He hangs up the receiver.
2: I hand the receiver back to the, the hostess, and I thank them for allowing me to use it.
0: As she uh, takes the receiver and the candlestick phone back from you and places it back down on the desk, and she nods.
2: Great, I go back to the table.
0: I'm
4: showing Maeve the article about the woman has romantic relations with the fish.
2: she say romantic relations with the fish?
4: I'm not the one who wrote it.
2: Yikes. Um, so, uh, Mickey Mahoney would have agreed to meet with us after 9 o'clock this morning. Okay.
1: I'll, I'll be going with you, ladies.
2: Fantastic. Doctor?
4: You know... Four seems a bit much for an office. I think I will bow out this time and go see London. Just a bit about town.
0: Okay. The four of you wrap up breakfast. Uh, the three of you are going to either take what the train or you're going to get a car service to take you down to the scoop or you're going to walk.
2: How far away is it?
0: Well, after doing just a, a bit of asking around, it seems like it's probably a good 15, 20 minute walk down Fleet Street. So from where you're at at the hotel, you would basically go about a block or so towards the river. Not not hard to do. And then at that point, you would head directly east uh, until you walk down to Fleet Street. Now, there's more than enough buses and uh, trains that would take you there.
2: Yeah, it's January in London. I'd say, let's get a car.
0: Their hotel is happy to provide you with, you know, links to a car service they can get a driver here relatively quickly. You do notice though, there are quite a few uh, actually quite quite a lot of people are walking. January or not. And so Good
2: for them. While
0: it's while it's cool, it's not like London is covered in snow at this point.
4: This is downright balmy for Chicago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. This is way better than being in January, late January in Chicago. Uh, so uh, this begs the question: Then, Sigmund, you're going to go just kind of give a tour of London. Uh, yeah. Any place specifically you're planning on going? Uh, I'd like to see the,
4: the palace, just uh, some of the some of the major sites, and maybe do a little bit of light shopping. Nowhere, uh, you know, like see the see the palace, see the tower. Sigmund has never seen London before, so he's going to do just you know a few hours worth of taking a look at
0: it and maybe pick up a postcard for Lily. Sounds like a wonderful idea. Pick a good one. Okay, so then uh, with him on a a day of, uh, you know, touristy things in London, a good ten or so minutes pass and the three of you are standing outside of uh, an office building. Looks like it's a the scoop specifically is up on the third floor. It's a relatively shabby building uh, in consideration from where you just were. Uh, It's It's really kind of how you imagined it after hearing stories. The office is loud. um, Typewriters, it feels a little cramped, at least in the outer sections. And uh, you can hear this kind of raucous voice inside. Uh, Kind of a bit of a... There's definitely a bit of an Irish accent to it. It kind of reminds you... uh, Miss O'Shea kind of reminds you of when... Your mom would get maybe a little upset. She would feel like her, she would feel the old country accent come back through, and so you can you feel that a little bit and hear that a bit as you're uh, waiting outside the door. Nine o'clock rolls around and you enter. Uh, The inside of the scoop is precisely how you imagined it from the look of the outside. It is folders and papers stacked on desks. Uh, you see that there are some staff members here that are trying to attend to the organization overall of the location, but they, they don't seem to be doing a very good job. They have a bar set up at one corner of the of this office building, and that seems to be fairly well attended. But between the clack of typewriters and the shuffle of office paperwork, at least initially, no one seems to notice you enter the front door.
2: I look around a bit. Is there anybody like at a front desk or anything?
0: There's a few stacks of folders and papers at a front desk. Uh, It looks like if you lean a bit to your left and you look deeper into the office, you see a gentleman sitting behind uh, a desk. You can tell just from his gravitas that that is definitely the person you talked with on the phone. You can hear it in his tone. Red hair, cigar chomping thick fingered short man got a very tight smile almost as if his face and his uh his cheek muscles are a little tighter than they should be kind of puts him into almost a permanent cheshire grin he sees you looking around and then he with his cigar waves you over a bit is that you miss lane come on in
2: i enter his office and
0: he stands up. I'm
2: assuming Mr. Forsythe and Maeve are coming with me. Oh, yes. Mr. Mahoney. Nice to meet you. I extend my hand.
0: He takes a moment and places the cigar and, uh, ashtray. And then, uh, you see him kind of absentmindedly wipe his hand on his, his vest. Yes. Uh, extend it. Miss Lane, thank you for coming. He, uh, shuffles around the side of his desk and sets up a couple more chairs. Please, please sit. Uh, You've, uh, come by way of uh, Jonah Kensington, huh?
2: Yes, um, this is my, um, compatriot, Mr. Forsyth, and this is Mave O'Shea, one of my other compatriots.
0: Well, there's three versus one. This is the eyes you Americans like.
2: As we do, I take a seat in front of him.
0: So what can I help you with?
2: Mr. Kensington said you, uh, could be helpful with some information about, um, Jackson, um, and that he might have... Visited you when he was in London, or?
1: You do know Jackson passed away. He
0: stops. You mean passed away?
1: Uh, Jonah's the executor for his estate. Um, he was.
0: He was murdered. He looks genuinely sad. Not overcome with grief, but he he definitely looks sad. It's terrible. It's just terrible.
5: We're supposed to pick up where he left off.
0: I tell you what, Miss. O- O'Shea, is it? Yeah. He picks the cigar back up. Your uh, your buddy, uh, Elias, owed me a story. Oh. All about some evil cult run rampant all over the place, and he said that it had ties here, and and uh, he didn't provide me any proof. He said he he might have some. I never got the story. I I'd love to have it, love to have
5: wow. it. Well. The problem with it is um, Anytime we've had any run-ins It's hard to get proof Hmm. So I can't promise That we'd be able to find any more But we are kind of on the same trail And finding your story Is kind of uh, We think part of Why he is no longer with us
0: He seems to I seem to jump a bit at At your revelation Bumped off, huh? Yeah. So, I I know who you are by your name, Miss Lane. How did you get wrapped up in all this exactly?
2: Um, I was well acquainted with Mister Elias before his death.
0: Really? Oh, well, I Cad? I had no idea. You and he uh, had a relationship of sort.
2: A friendship, kind of relationship.
0: Hmm. They're all they're all friendships, of course. We
1: had we had all worked together on an expedition in Peru.
0: Really, hmm, fancy Peruvian? What uh, what wonderful and sweaty things did you find down there, Miss Lane? Kind of cocks his eyebrow.
2: I was not on that expedition. You'll have to ask Mister Forsythe and Miss
0: O'Shea. <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it. So, how can I help? He came to me and he had all sorts of thoughts and considerations that he was making here in London. But I must tell you, Jackson wasn't sort of the man to to keep me on uh, a string. He didn't keep me in the loop there. So, you know, the best I could do is offer you some of the same things I offered him, if that'll help.
2: Great.
1: What did he ask you for?
0: Well he told me that very often these strange cults or whatever it is that he was looking into, it they seem to they seem to leave evidence lying around in the form of strange and unbelievable things. And I I told him that London is full of these things and all sorts of them, so well, I thought maybe just maybe he could look through some of the other things that the scoop has reported on in our illustrious past. And he might be able to find something useful. And he veiled himself of the filing room there for a good several hours.
1: Is everything organized in a. or is it just by uh, publication date?
0: It is publication date, Mr. Forsyth. That is how the newspaper business is done. Takes another draw of his cigar.
5: Speaking of um, your past issues of the newspaper, I had a question. So late last year, around November, you um, there was a story, and I'll show him my uh, paper that I have, um, about uh, Sir Walter. And I was wondering if he's still around or if that society did indeed get sold.
0: Hmm. Uh, He takes a look at the paper. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. I remember this story. Uh, Sir Walters, yes. What a story. Uh, I must must tell you, Miss Lane, this society was once very well-to-do. Highly, highly regarded by the, uh, you know, the upturned noses there in uh, Westminster. It was all the rage in the late Victorian era. All the rage. They loved the idea of having a society based around spiritualism and seances and all of the pitter-patter socially that went with it. It wasn't really until recently that strange things happened there.
5: What kind of strange things?
0: Oh, um... Well, the rumor is is that there was a falling out among some of the um... um what shall we say, more socially connected students there. And there was some concern about some of the younger ones. It's tough to get into. Uh, I tried to speak to several of the society agents and uh, those that were members, but they'd either revoked their membership and wouldn't talk to me, or, well, one fool girl ran off and hid behind the door of her parents. So I did, by way of an intermediary, speak with... Lord Walters, and while they are maintaining the society, at least in some respects, they have pulled back from any public memberships.
5: Now, have, did you ever hear of a uh, Neil O'Shea visiting there?
0: He stops for a minute. And, you, not that I can remember, Miss, but uh, the roles, of course, the uh, the, the roll caller there at the society would be Lord Walters would know the, you know who the members were.
5: Do you know where I can find him now?
0: Mm, yes, just north of uh, Hyde Park a bit and uh, near Paddington Station. Thank you very much. Of course. He turns back to you, Forsyth. Uh, if you'd like to avail yourself of our copy room, please feel free. Uh, Elias spent the better part of a day in there.
1: That's uh, incredibly gracious. Could I possibly do that tomorrow? I'm with Miss Lane today.
5: I'll I'll do the research. It's fine.
0: Either way, I I do keep a fairly tight schedule. But uh, if, if if you would like, he gestures to you, Miss Lane or Miss Miss O'Shea, you're uh you're welcome to use the uh, reference library there.
5: Okay, just let me know when I need to be kicked out.
0: I would I wouldn't consider it.
1: Here I was trying not to split the party and.
5: Uh, uh... Who's going to be the one that's going to stick their na- their nose in paper all day?
0: Well, I mean, that depends. If, if the collective group decides to make those rolls, um, it might speed things up. And if it's one person, you're relying on one person to make all the roles. So that's totally up to you. Um, it seems like Mickey will allow you to all use the Reference Library if that's what you'd like.
2: It might go faster if we all do it. But I did want to ta- ask Miss uh, Mickey one more question, Miss Mahoney, I was wondering what exactly did Jackson say to you when he came in? Uh, you're alluding to him coming to you with some perhaps wild ideas, but do you remember your conversation?
0: Mm. He sits back in his chair and takes a relatively long pull from his cigar. And give me a persuade roll, Miss Lane. I get a
2: ninety-two out of sixty.
0: He says, well, he was pretty keen to browse through our back issues. Uh, three stories, if memory serves correctly. I remember having to do some of the rewrites on them. I, I got to tell you, as good of an author as Jackson was, he didn't really have a flair for the newspaper bit, you understand. Uh, you're again you're you're welcome to to look through the articles there. i'm I'm sure i'll I'll recognize them once you pull them. Um, I don't know if he followed up on anything. Um, there was one about um, an artist. I remember that something about a, a a painting. There was another one that had something to do with uh, a creature that had been found uh, outside of town. Uh, that, that the police had to, to put down and um, there was one other one he kind of taps his fingers on his lips for a second uh, that's right there was a a series of murders Jackson was interested in he he had mentioned something about checking them out with uh, the yard the Scotland Yard to see a uh, Inspector Barrington, I think.
1: Did
2: you say he wrote articles about three, all three of these items?
0: No, I just remember him writing notes about them and handing them to me and he wanted me to whip them into stories. And I, I could, I had to you know, I had to make sure that people would read them.
2: So you embellished a little.
0: Anything to sell a paper, Miss Lane.
2: I totally understand. Do you remember what year and month those stories might have come out?
0: Uh, You know, to be honest, no. I I see a lot of different papers.
2: No problem. Do you mind if the three of us go and do some research in your um, archive room?
0: Not at all. Go right ahead. Thanks. Thank you.
1: All right, well, let's get these library uses out of the way. Yep, that's right. Hard success, 12 of 50.
2: 15
0: out of 89. Oof, there's another one.
2: Holy crap, I suck. 54 out of 50.
1: It's all right, you're a member of the nobility, you're not required to read.
5: I'm like, technically (laughs) like mastered my skills, right?
4: Establish your dominance over the fourth estate.
0: <laughs> uh, so okay, so I'm going to hand, um, I'm going to deal with uh, the bottom to the top. I think that's the best way to do it. This period of time will be two hours. Um, so during your search, you find all sorts of sorted tales, and for whatever reason, Miss Lane, you're not sure whether it's kismet or whether it's just plain dumb luck, but you keep coming across the, the stories that are much more, more salacious than you would normally read. And so you're thumbing through stories and you think you've got something and then all of a sudden it turns into like a real piece of yellow journalism and you have to kind of put it aside. And so after a good hour or so from that, you're a little bored Um, Because you don't seem to be making a ton of uh, leeway on it. You don't don't seem to be making a ton of headway on it, I should say. That said, um, let's see here. I have something for you, Mr. Forsyth. So you are looking through several of these papers, Mr. Forsyth. And I am. And you find an article. And the thing that catches your eye specifically about this piece of scoop paper is that it's the words, Slaughter Continues. And so there's quite a few stories on this page specifically, but when you read the words, Slaughter Continues, it almost reminds you of something from New York. All those people that were killed.
1: Beaten severely, then stabs through the hearts. Um, they're called the Egyptian Murders. Beaten severely stabbed through the heart in a manicuriously similar to other murders that have taken place over the last three years. Um, the Connection seems obvious, but New Scotland Yard has yet to confirm that the deaths are connected. And there's a reward for 24 pounds.
0: That's a pretty good reward. Especially considering every pound is five American dollars. Yeah. So... Um, Ms. O'Shea, you come across a rather stubbed article that's been pulled, but in the margins of this article, you see a handwritten note and that handwritten note says promising. And that looks promising. Those two words are written in the same style of fountain pen that Elias used on the Kensington note.
5: Police baffled by monstrous murders. Killer beast shot but still alive. Oh, there's a farmer, George Osgood, and resident Lydia Perkins were torn to shreds in apparently unrelated murders on consecutive nights. On the third night, Wheelwright Harold Short was nearly killed but managed to drive off his attacker, which he described as a grisly creature. Uh, According to the Lesser Adele Constabulary A rabid dog was shot And killed on the night of Mr. Short's Attack The police believe the matter is closed Okay Residents of the Midlands are advised To remain indoors at night And report all mysterious happenings To the police and to the scoop So maybe we can go find Mr. Short To ask him
2: about his beast That sounds good
0: That collectively takes two hours of your time. So it's getting closer to lunchtime by the time you uh, get done at the scoop. Mahoney has either been on the phone yelling at people or trying to sweet talk people. He's been occasionally puffing on the cigar so the entire office basically smells like it. Or he's been barking at uh, an understudy who seems to be Pushing papers around the desk rather than actually working,
5: well, I think we should go get lunch.
1: yes, let's uh, thank Mr. Mahoney for letting us use his archives. consider what we've got here.
0: yeah, I mean, Mahoney wishes you a a good day. He tells you again, he reminds you if you do locate whatever story Jackson was working on, he's happy to pay you seventy five of uh, seventy five in American dollars for the story, and then reminds you. Rather slyly, Miss Lane, that if you're ever willing to go into whatever sort of details uh, have, have, have happened recent recently, perhaps uh, on the trip over, that he'd love to have a one-on-one interview with you.
2: Thank you, Mr. Mahoney, for all your help. Um, I will be sure to keep that in mind.
0: Grins and chomps back down in his cigar. So you guys head off to lunch. Any idea where you're going to be looking to get food at? Type of restaurant specifically?
5: Well, we could always uh, head back to the hotel and speak to the doctor and then maybe see if we can track down this uh, Mr. Short. Sounds
4: good to me. After my sojourn about town, I probably head back to the hotel as well.
0: Okay, so uh, we bring everybody back together. At this point, too, uh, I I would probably assume that both Simone and Jack have woken from their sleeping in and they might be getting something to eat. So if the... Uh, entourage as a whole would like to converge. You may do that as well in the uh, dining area. Oh, and um, just a just a one one tip that you would get, Miss O'Shea, with that paper reading it through that clue: the Midlands is not near here. That's uh, traveling definitely into the countryside. Okie dokie. Order a light cocktail and wait for the rest of the group to get settled.
6: Uh, yeah, I get like a a cup of black coffee and. I would uh, ask, uh, Monsieur Doyle, may I have your notes from last evening's excursion? Yes, of course. Um, And I'll take all of the notes we put together regarding, like, the comings and goings, uh, what we identified about the people there. I would have likely tried to make some quicker sketches of some of the people that I'd seen and try to get a beat on what they are likely doing there. It's like, this person is likely a cleaning person. This person is... Um, likely some sort of groundskeeper or, you know, maybe they work in, in an office, you know, how are they dressed, that kind of stuff is, is really what I'm looking at to kind of build profiles on the people that we did see while I'm drinking my coffee.
0: The rest of you either order food or um, some drinks and, and time there at the table.
4: Well, I did a bit of research while I was out. Oh, yeah? Uh, a, a touch into our, um, the Penu Foundation It seems they handle Egyptian history and antiquities, um, scholarships undertaking a study of history, as well as negotiating permits and assisting with planning expeditions. They also house artifacts and information. Previous uh, expeditions taken to Africa, it is definitely where they want to go.
5: We found a couple of articles that uh, Mr. Elias was looking at when he was doing his research here. So we have a lead on somebody we should speak to about him.
1: In the countryside, and then we also have a lead on a series of cases that Scotland Yard is looking at. So here we are again with an antiquities house and a bunch of murders. Fun times.
3: You say there was a string of murders like before. It's like a trend. That's exactly my thought, Jack.
5: Whatever we do, we don't open the door in the
2: floor in the basement.
3: <laughs> don't remind me about that.
2: Or we do. I mean, come on.
3: Oh no no! <laughs> Doctor drains his drink in one
4: shot.
2: Only you only say that because you weren't bitten. The last
1: time uh, Miss Lane went in a basement, she tried to burn down the place we were in. True.
2: That
6: was awesome. Don't, but uh, if it becomes a matter of us uh, turning over these stones to determine what is underneath them, the problem will be uh, each one of them is going to create a certain amount of noise. And uh, so I would recommend that we choose our uh, next objectives very carefully. Um, this pen hue foundation is they represent what i would consider a uh, formidable presence in the area in which that building resides
3: yeah they uh, at night they keep a rather large collection of individuals in the building for some reason
6: or the entire night
4: that tracks with the information as i found if they are housing a large number of egyptian artifacts then they would never leave it completely unguarded.
3: this is more extensive than just a few night guards you think there's something nefarious
5: there's always something nefarious haven't we figured this out yet
6: they are definitely concerned and they have practices in place in order to identify potential intruders
1: do they wear red scarves
6: no uh, actually, I forgot to ask, but I would probably remember or have noted it. How many of them were armed openly? Um, none that okay. you saw. Okay.
0: I mean, unless you count the torch. No.
6: I don't know if anybody no. walked out carrying a pistol or a cudgel or a something. The broadsword.
0: Nope, you didn't, didn't see any <laughs> weapon. <Broad sword. laughs>
6: Crossbow, I don't know.
5: Ace. Pull arm.
6: Spears, <laughs> yeah. Trebuchet, I don't know. <laughs>
5: just carrying a trebuchet <laughs> that's
6: a feat. Uh, but if you have all these other leads that uh, will point in the direction of information that we can gather perhaps the pin uh, you requires a bit more careful consideration because once you reveal your presence to them and make them aware of the fact that you are here there is no more we, we lose any uh, the element of surprise to be subtle yes
5: say we follow some of these other ones, and maybe, you know, we have a stakeout, and see the comings and goings of the Penhue. Or if they have a schedule.
3: It'd be nice if we could find out some more information about this, uh, Penhue.
4: Well, I do know that he was, Aubrey Penhue, was part of the Carlisle expedition. Yes. Yes. But other, other than that, the current director is an Edward... Gavigan? I believe is his name.
3: Because Penhu is quite dead. Most likely, yes. For as we know.
5: So they believe.
6: I believe it might be worth uh, determining whether or not there are any cargo ships coming from Africa that may have things that they want to deliver to the Penhu. Their service entrance is probably the most accessible. Uh, so getting an understanding of How and when they receive these shipments would likely be advantageous for us. We would likely get a better idea as to what their full staff would be like, as everyone would have to be on hand to unload and evaluate and assess the goods that are being sent there.
4: It occurs to me that as they are the ones that negotiate permits with the Egyptian authorities, we will have to deal with them one way or the other eventually.
6: I don't doubt that at all, Doctor. But I think that uh, these stories that we've unearthed, and these other leads that we have, might allow us to continue to make headway while we determine how best to approach Penyu.
3: Oh yeah, I agree. Let's try to look into what all these other uh, stories we have and leads.
0: Yeah, did anybody actually give a full breakdown of their stories?
1: No, we. I haven't yet. Um, evidently, there was a series of as of the article was placed in June of twenty four. There were a series of murders called the Egyptian murders and a foreign man's body was found in the, in the, in the Thames river. There's a investigator in charge of those murders named Barrington, who hopefully will have a better outcome than the last investigator into a series of murders. I've, I've had the chance to run across.
4: Right. Smile.
6: Quite a bloody affair.
5: The, apparently there were, uh... Two murders and one attack, and the person survived. Uh, from and he described his attack from some crazy beast or something. Elias had written in the margin of that paper that it sounded promising, so I thought maybe we could go find Mister Short, who is the survivor of the attack, and ask him what this creature looked like. The the police claim it was a rabid dog but it killed two
3: people yes let's do that be this deadly
6: anyone would mistake a rabid dog for a mysterious beast so it sounds a bit more uh, in the vein of the strange things that you have seen no
3: perhaps or perhaps this individual just uh I'm going to get to his, brain, his mind. There's only one way to find out.
5: Right, Elias was looking into it, that's all I know, because it was his handwriting in the margin. So, I mean, we don't know what he found or what he didn't find. I mean, it could be nothing, but if he was looking into it, it was worth looking into, I guess.
6: You said this place was in the country?
5: Yes,
4: in the Midlands. And we were also thinking of speaking to Scotland Yard.
6: I visibly tense.
5: I think we wait on... Because you know what happened the last time we tried to trust a police officer. I think we see what we can find out first before we go asking about that stuff.
3: That's fair.
6: The problem with uh, informing the authorities is they will indiscriminately uh, kick over the same rocks that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Aggravating the proverbial bees.
1: No if this guy's investigating these egyptian murders then he's already been kicking those rocks so either he's not very good at kicking rocks or he
5: doesn't know which rocks to kick
6: my concern would be uh, our association with his investigation
5: that's even we're also assuming that they're even still looking into it well
1: so we have what three things to do Um, someone go to the Midlands, check out the story of the beast, or we all go. Some of us have to think about the Penhue Foundation. Uh,
6: If uh, a track is going to be made to the country to perhaps engage with their survivor and be in the presence of a potential murderous creature, I think it would be in our interest to bring as many of our team as possible.
4: Doctor's eyes sparkle at seeing a horrible, murderous creature. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen several horrible, murderous creatures.
1: And some of them weren't even in the party.
4: I've grown accustomed to their face, Jack.
5: Well, let's see if we can track down this uh, Mr. Short and figure out where he's at exactly. And then see if he will speak with us. Or maybe we can call him maybe we should have the person with all the etiquette, I look over at Lillian,
2: speak to him.
3: Wait, all the etiquette?
2: <laughs> you know, I think this would be a perfect time for the doctor to practice his conversational skills.
4: Doc looks surprised for a moment. <laughs> I, um, all right. graystar Star Doc. Wait,
1: where, who am I calling now? All we know is he's a wheelwright in...
5: His name is...
1: His name is Harold Short.
6: Yes. Perhaps, uh, Madame Azaline, you could uh, help us procure a car so that we can make our way.
2: So are all uh, six of us going on this trip, or... Sounds like it.
3: Yes. It's a family affair.
2: Bring in the shotgun. Jack, bring your guns.
0: <laughs> totally, totally okay in the countryside, by the way.
2: Going hunting.
1: Totally, totally hiding Lily and shotgun.
2: <laughs> you don't <laughs> stay in my room. Um, since we are going to the country, um, while Doctor is calling Mister Short, I am going to go upstairs and change into something with pants, and then I will procure a car.
0: My pants.
2: Ask the operator if you
5: if you if there is a Harold Short in the Midlands that you can. You
4: know, call. That was my idea. Assume there'd be like a switchboard, so switchboard operator. Uh, I guess I ring up the operator.
0: Yeah, you ring up the operator. You let her know that you're looking to. I mean, are you? If you're using the scrap of paper, the um, the article, you know that the village that you're looking for is lesser, uh, lesser Adele, or Edale. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's. Um, she says that, uh, the operator says that she's got a, he has a shortlisted there, but uh, after a few moments she comes back and says there's there's no one picking up the line.
4: Could you try one more time, if you don't mind?
0: Of course. She tries again. Um, you can actually hear um, the clicks clicking and that very British-styled um, tones on the phone, and then she comes back fully onto the line and says... I'm sorry, sir, so there's nothing.
5: See if there's an address they can give us.
0: Could I possibly get the address of that phone number, please? Rattles off uh, uh, an address to you. Uh, it looks like it's in, um, she said, uh, be in the village proper.
4: I uh, write it down, or flash it to memory real quick, and then write it down when I can. Okay uh thank her for her time and uh hang up
0: you uh hang up and uh and yeah and by knowing roughly speaking where the midlands are it's it's going to be quite the car journey should we perhaps take two cars
2: it's probably a good idea
0: i thought so
4: cramming us all into one vehicle seems almost inhumane, and i am german i am not about inhumane treatment
1: i'm certain there's a train out there as well isn't there
0: yes there is a train so you can catch well, we could uh, take a train yeah a train um Simone, you would know that um uh saint pancras station uh to derby is something you can totally take it's about 170 miles if if your memory serves correctly
6: Yeah, I'm not. That's one of the reasons I asked that we should probably take a car because I don't want to be, if we're going into a situation where um, our lives may be in danger, I want us to have total control over our comings and goings. So I'd much rather roll up to this person's house in a car.
3: We could do both. Two cars with suicide doors. (sighs) I mean, we, we, we could take one car with a couple of people in it so that we have a car there to take back and forth and stuff. And then everyone else could take the train out that way.
2: What's the time difference in arrival for somebody taking a car versus somebody taking the train?
3: Are they quicker?
0: But you're also going to have to take into account the fact that the car is going to have to deal with, um, you know, uneven roads. And you're going into the Midlands, which means uh, they're not going to be nice, nicer London roads. They're going to be country roads, whereas the train has accident. It doesn't really care. It just keeps going.
1: I mean, that's literally why a wheelwright is necessary out that way, because he's literally going to be spending most of his day bending wheels back into shape.
2: Well, Too true. What kind of car is, honestly, so back in the States, five of us plus my driver fit in a car just fine.
5: I wouldn't say just fine.
2: Well, we weren't sitting on each other.
0: No, that's true. Um, you can get a hold of car services here. That's not an issue. Uh, so if you're looking to uh, get some sort of transportation here, you would probably inquire at the front desk, and they could assist you with getting around town or something further. I mean, You are a woman of means, Miss Lane, so realistically, this likely comes down to is you tell what you want, and they tell you how much it's going to cost you.
2: Well, because my car back in New York had didn't it have like in the back seat it had two two seats facing each other like
0: you had essentially a limo
2: yeah i don't know if they have this here so i am willing to do whatever if you guys want to take a car and a couple people drive out to midland and then the rest of us go down the train i I I think all of us should go together.
6: If you want a limo, I believe the 1920 Rolls Royce Phantom is uh, totally available.
4: (laughs) 1920 Rolls Royce Phantom 2.
5: I mean,
1: if you want want to drive a Phantom on English country roads in the 20s.
6: I even like the color. I mean, Simone would. I wouldn't.
4: (laughs) Jack, what do you think of two of us being in a car and the rest of us being on the train? Would it make us harder
3: to track if someone was following us? Well, they'd have to decide who they're going to
6: follow.
0: Are you being followed right
2: Uh, now? Do we think we're being followed?
6: I always think I'm being followed. (laughs) Okay, well. Well,
3: I I don't think it's likely we're being followed. I have any actual evidence to support that. But again, Buddy cast a spell on that boat. Why exactly that happened, we don't know and who it was.
0: I mean that's a it's a fair it's a fair concept. I think that as you look at it from a from a tactical standpoint, Jack, um, it would just be easier to either rent a car or two and and drive up there, either with a driver or drive yourself. Um uh-huh. it's business about splitting people up on cars versus trains. It's it's probably way more work than is necessary.
2: And it's dangerous, because if something happens to the people in the train and the people in the car don't know about it,
4: then my vote is we go with the cars.
2: We can drive ourselves.
0: Are you planning on leaving today, or do you want to leave in the morning?
5: Probably in the morning if it's going to be a long drive. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's probably going to be three to four hours. Um, at least that's what's likely uh, from the maps, uh, Mr. Foresight, that you have. You can do some quick fingertip, math based on the distances that you have here and you can tell it's probably going to be a four hour journey so what we'll do is we'll say that miss lane prepares the transportation part of the situation uh, and that you all collectively decide that you'll leave in the morning sound good
2: yeah yes sounds great
0: okay i will call the session there and then what we will do is we will reconvene next week with you heading to the Midlands to investigate this killer beast, which was shot but is somehow still alive, supposedly, and perhaps get a little bit deeper into the England chapter of Masks of Neonathotep. So I want to thank all of our listeners for uh, taking the time out to listen to our continuing adventures. And a special thank you again to our Patreon subscribers. Remember, The Old Ways Podcast is on Patreon at patreon.com slash the old podcast.